This is The Shift Podcast. Today on The Shift Daily Podcast, a hack nearly shut down Newfoundland and Labrador's healthcare system. Hank the Hacker, an ethical hacker, tells us how these attacks happen, why they're becoming more and more common, plus how hacking is getting easier, even for people who don't know how to program those malicious programs. Peloton is trying to get into the travel game with fitness classes on airplanes. Handy Andy is back with that and a look at some great ways and the first steps towards maybe living a little bit more fit and healthy. He's done it himself and he's not a trainer, but just shares his experience. Plus, are you okay with Christmas music already? This is the Shift Podcast. Are you okay? With Christmas music. Of course. Mm. Yes. In moderation, at the right time, at the right place, it gets you in the holiday spirit. And honestly, seriously, I can't imagine opening gifts on Christmas Eve without having Christmas music on in the background. Like it's just, it just comes with the territory, you know? Mm -hmm. Seven weeks. Mm. That's it. Yes. Seven weeks and it's Christmas. That's too much Christmas music. Seven weeks worth of Christmas music? No. Yeah. Now get me, I'll listen to some Christmas music, but it's like weirdo Christmas music that I like. And it's usually on like December 23rd through to about halfway through the day on December 25th. And it's gone for the year. That's gone. Uh, I'm I'm curious as to when the first radio station in the world flips to Christmas music. I'm guessing it was probably Monday morning oh, after no. Halloween was done. No, I think I read there was some that do it like mid-October. Well, the earlier the better. I, I when I used to have my uh, an online Christmas channel, the the consumption of Christmas music is mind blowing, to see where people consume it. And in November was one of the highest, like it skyrocketed, till about the fourth week of November, and then the first two weeks of December it dropped off a ton. But then that week before Christmas, it was just off the charts. Like holy moly! I remember years ago. Now, when I back when I lived in Niagara Falls, back around like 2012, um, they would switch the little speaker system they had on Queen Street, which is the main downtown street in Niagara Falls, to Christmas music in like mid October. And the weather was still like 20 degrees some days. So you'd be walking down the street, 20 degrees and sunny, and you'd, you'd hear like sleigh bells ring. It was a little bit weird. That's fun. It, yeah. It, it's kind of it's kind of neat, but for, I can't imagine Christmas being warm. I've never wanted to do a destination Christmas because oh, yeah. thinking about having listening to "Let It Snow, Let It Snow" and looking outside and seeing snow just works. But then if I was in Hawaii and I look out you know, and see "Let It Snow, oh. Let It Snow," it's just like oh, oh there's a volcano. Christmas, Christmas in <laughs> Hawaii was fantastic. Me. I did it one time. We brought a pine scented candle and uh, lit that. And uh, we did Christmas in Hawaii, and we did turkey dinner and everything else from the grocery store mm-hmm. pre-cooked. Uh, we picked it all up. You know, they, um, that morning, they were open for pickup, and we brought it all Christmas uh, morning around noon. We brought it all back to the house, and it was already in the foil. We just put it in the oven to keep it warm. It was fantastic. I wouldn't recommend it every year, but it was fantastic to do it once. Yeah. I did it in Australia, which is the middle of summer there. And it was so interesting. Uh, no one really puts up too much Christmas decorations. There are a few. They look severely out of place when it's the middle of summer and it's 40 degrees on the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. The saddest thing I ever saw was a mall Santa. 
Nobody. He just sat there sweating like profusely, and nobody <laughs> went up and sat on his lap at all. Well, But everyone goes so to the beach. Everyone goes to the exactly. at least on the Gold Coast. Everyone went to the beach and ate prawns,、yeah. and that was like the Christmas tradition. Really strange one. Well, Steve says he says I'm a Nighthawk. Steve says I'm okay with it after November 11th.、Um, fair point, Steve. All right. Well, I hope you're ready. Mariah Carey is back with Vengeance and Fury. So Mariah Carey in that video, it's a Halloween video with pumpkins. It's, it basically says "We're not ready" or something like that. I forget what it says, but it's a it's a video of pumpkins, and she walks in with a candy cane baseball bat, and、uh, you know proceeds to, well, start smashing pumpkins. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad one of you did that. <laughs> Excellent. And.、Uh, And basically、uh, kicking off the Christmas season, at least for her. Which、uh, Mariah Carey makes these little videos sort of every year. The reason why is I'm willing to bet she makes a million dollars or more every year just from the song royalties. More, right? Has to be. So I know yeah, Paul McCartney makes Paul McCartney makes about three hundred thousand or something like that, but he doesn't get the kind of play she does, right? So. Yeah. Anyway,、um, her smash hit "All I Want for Christmas Is You" is on in the background of this video. Is it time for Christmas music, though?、Um, are you ready for Christmas? Are you ready for Mariah Carey? A bar in Texas most certainly is not. They put up a sign with some very strict rules on when you can and cannot play this song. I'm assuming on their jukebox. Here's more from our collective shifthead crush, CNN's Jeannie Moss. Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You" will be skipped if played before December first. After December first, the song is only allowed one time a night. I don't hate Mariah Carey, and I don't hate Christmas. But the general manager of Stone Lee P says customers play Mariah's mega hit too often and too soon before Christmas, so the staff is on high alert. Once we hear those twinkles. We run for the remote. It's really just a button that we press skip to skip Mariah long before she gets to the title. Fans are outraged if I see that sign, but amazingly, it's never been defaced, and they've put it up for a couple of years. Wow.、Um, uh. Okay, let me ask you this question then: eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Ryan and Brandon need an answer from both of you. If you could ban one Christmas song, only one, which Christmas song could you ban? Easy,、uh, that Paul McCartney one. Simply having、really? a wonderful Christmas time. That's probably、oh, in my, my top ten most hated songs of all time. I don't, I don't know. Every time I hear it, and it, it should work because I love my synths and I, I love that. And it's not a Beatles thing. I just I don't know, man. That one doesn't do it for me. I do love all I want for Christmas is you. The I as soon as those bells start, I feel it. I feel this Christmas spirit. Hmm. Brennan. Well, I guess it would be the Mariah one, to be honest. I mean,、yeah. I'm not even that annoyed by it, but 
No, I'm if not. I had to drop one, if, if this is like Survivor and we're voting someone off the island, that's the one I'd get rid of. That's the one you'd vote off? Yeah. I thought you would just say Wham last Christmas just to piss off Ryan. Well, yeah, that's true. That one. Nope. But that one's sultry. That puts you in a mood, that one, doesn't it? In a mood. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Brendan gets it. 877-399-9898. If you had to vote off one Christmas song, ban it. What would that Christmas song be? We want to know. And uh, yes, it is too soon, at least for another week or so, uh, for the Christmas music here on the shift. Don't worry, we're not there yet. Are you okay? Are you okay with ghosts? Ooh, uh, I love ghost stories, and my favorite type of horror movies are ones with ghosts and hauntings. Uh, so yeah, I like their kind of impact on pop culture and and the stories. Yeah. Yeah, we did do the haunting thing yesterday. So, what yeah. about you, Brenna? Yeah, I like ghosts. Ghosts are great. Yeah, I mean, I I would like to be a ghost one day. Would you ever take a ghost as a lover? A ghost as a lover? No, I have seen too many pieces of fiction and those types. Of, <laughs> they, they bore the hell out of me. Those things. So I don't, I don't think I'd take right. a ghost as a lover. Now, we're not talking about Patrick Swayze sliding in behind Demi Moore, working on the clay wheel, soft music plays in the background. Oh, what a beautiful scene. That's what true love is. It's the ghost. Beautiful. Making clay pots. It's beautiful. Um, apparently it's a thing though. People who love ghosts are dealing with the same dating issues as humans. So just so you know, this particular woman, we've heard about her story, I believe before how it all started. Turns out this woman has been ghosted by her ghost partner. 38 year old singer broke hard who lives in Oxfordshire claims to have been in a relationship with a specter called Eduardo. Ooh, Eduardo. Apparently, Eduardo is the ghost of a Victorian soldier. Not quite sure that's the right name for a Victorian soldier. Just saying. And you uh, missed one there. Ah. The ghost of a Victorian soldier? Did I say? Where did I say that? Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I did that. Oh, you missed a typo? You missed a typo? Wow. Is it possible I'm becoming typo literate? Possibly. No. My strategy is working. (laughs) I'm actually just reading through the typos. That is a ghostly notion. That's a typo. Thank you very much. All right. (sighs) Where was I? Oh, Eduardo is the ghost of a Victorian soldier. Now, I don't know how many Victorian soldiers were named Eduardo. Doesn't seem just yeah, saying, probably just seem like a, uh, You could probably say Edward, Victorian yeah. is a time period, and maybe he was a Spanish soldier, but still, like, mm, there's better options there. All right. She explained to the Lad Bible, I truly feel like I'm being ghosted by a ghost. Eduardo seems furious me. Furious with me since I've gone public with our romance and he's gone completely cold. Usually his presence surrounds me with warmth, but now a cold breeze follows me around the house. He's costing me a fortune in heating, she says. 
Even with a fire roaring and a thermostat on full blast, it's like the Antarctic. I've had to resort to sleeping in a ski suit and a bobble hat. And when he touches me, it feels like shards of ice piercing my soul. <laughs> wow. There's an unsettling vibe everywhere. It feels like death, or maybe I'm just dead to him. Hmm. Here is her describing what it's like to embrace the love of a spooky ghost. I think it's amazing what can happen if you open your mind up to that world um, and stop becoming sceptical. You have to reset a little bit and readdress what you see love and romance as. Um, you know, because it's not like a ghost can pick you up at nine o'clock um, with a bunch of roses and take you to your favourite restaurant or hire a helicopter and fly you to Paris for the weekend. Um, it really is more of a feeling or more of a presence. Um, and I love that like I love the spontaneity of it I love the fact that he can just turn up and rock my world and then sort of vanish and disappear again um, it's quite exciting um, and it keeps me on my toes um, and I appreciate that that's not for everyone but it kind of feels fun at the moment although it can be really scary sometimes um, when the presence is really really strong and that does worry me a little bit because you just don't know what they have the capacity to do. Um, but at the moment, I'm kind of embracing it and keeping an open mind and seeing where it takes me. Now, I don't know if Brocard realizes that this is not going to help her music career or not. I was going to say. But yeah. I'm just really curious because I know I, I'm going to get TMI here for you. I don't know about you. But zippers and buttons and uh, hooks are hard to undo in the throes of passion. I don't know uh, how well it works with a ghost trying to undo her ski suit because it's so cold in there. I'm guessing that, that makes the, the, the situation awkward. Yeah, a little more Turn complicated. <laughs> Zip. Uh, turns out she's not alone in this. Back in 2018, Amethyst Realm... That's her name. Told the Sun and ITV <laughs> that she has had 20 paranormal lovers throughout her life. But her flame in Australia is the most amazing. She wants to have a ghost baby with him. You feel that you're going to connect to such a degree. Am I right that you will have a spiritual or physical baby? I hope so. What, yeah. what spiritual or physical? Um, well... I would hope physical, I don't... So, I've been looking into phantom pregnancies and I believe that a phantom pregnancy is actually a real pregnancy, but you have a phantom inside you rather than a human baby. Um, and the reason we don't ever manage to carry those to full term is because the people that have them don't understand this or sort of comprehend that that's possible. But I'm hoping through understanding what's going on with my body, I'll be able to... Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't. I, it makes total sense. Ghost babies. Yeah. yeah. I'm all for the supernatural. I think you, if you want to explore it, absolutely. But come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> really? Oh, man. Ryan, yeah. don't be so hard on love, man. Yeah. 
Everyone's just trying to get love. love. Or sell albums in the case of the first one. Yeah, right. Don't judge me if I'm being uh, specterable about this whole situation. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Are you okay? Are you okay with daylight saving time? Makes no talked difference. about it a couple of times. Makes yeah. no difference. Yeah, to me a couple anymore. times. I like it in the spring. Uh, I like the uh, early mornings. Yeah. Feels good, and I like it uh, when you get an extra hour of sleep in the fall. Yeah, I'm looking forward. The timing for my birthday is excellent. I will be able to uh, enjoy my birthday for an extra hour and sleep for an extra hour. That's uh, that's nice. I'm excited about that. Although my birthday is probably right. just going to be building a hopefully a Lego set. If I'm honest, I uh, think that Brendan uh, and I. Yeah, I think that you you and I should wager, have a wager, or some kind of, I don't know, drinking game on how many times Ryan's going to say my birthday this week because it's, oh, it's it's been yes. a lot already. <laughs> yes, I like this plan, um, to which we have not been invited. Just no, saying. we haven't. Um, I wonder why. Ryan's birthday is right around the corner. So is daylight saving time. Well, guess whose Lego is going to get returned back to Costco now? Yeah. Um, It's that time of the year where we get an extra hour of sleep. Most of the country, at least, all of our clocks turn back an hour, most of them automatically, which we chatted about was one of the benefits. I mean, the clocks are automatic these days. What's the big deal? Just last night on the shift, we talked about it. Back in the day when we didn't have automatic changing clocks everywhere, that's when it was really confusing. But now most clocks, except for what, your stove and your microwave, don't change? Yeah. Like, so you don't even notice it, really? Uh, Ryan has clearly written this part. Nice and simple. Well, sorry, Shane. You might need to retract that statement. It turns out it's true. Canadians with... A Bell phone woke up to a surprise and likely a little late thanks to a clock error from the company, according to the telecom giant. Here is the report from Global News. Some smartphone clocks turned back an hour overnight, about one week ahead of schedule. Bell has confirmed the error to Global News and the issue has since been resolved. But users might need to reboot their phones to get the correct time. It's not yet clear how many people were affected. Well. Can you imagine this weekend? Yeah. That is my nightmare right there. That is a awful scenario. That feeling? Imagine if you didn't realize it happened and you woke up and you're like, whoa, I feel yeah. good today. And then you're sitting there and then all of a sudden your phone just jumps in. feel like I lost an hour, man. That's crazy. Well, Bell said you may also need to go on airplane mode or in their settings to adjust the time zone accordingly. How many people woke up like this today? How's my clock for you? Yeah, uh, it's 8 o'clock. Perfect. My experiment worked. They're all exactly 25 minutes slow. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Are you telling me that it's 8.25? Precisely. Damn. I'm late for school. Now, I don't know if that song played when everyone took off or not, but um, that was fun. This is the Shift Podcast. 
What an amazing story off of the East Coast here in Canada. Newfoundland was hacked. Well, the health system, with a hack attempt, has come to light. So, amazing, suspected cyber attack in Newfoundland hits the brain of the province's health system. I need to learn more. We've talked about this on the shift before. And Hank the Hacker, Hank Fordham, Centurion Defense, and uh, I don't know if you guys changed the name yet officially. I don't even know if that's a public thing. I probably shouldn't have said that. Um, oh, no, the, you're um, good. It's uh, Solve Cyber Solutions now. There we go. Um, so the um, let's reset this, Hank, because we've had you on quite a few times, and you know you're a shift head here and one of the family members. But that being said, we haven't talked about the difference between a white hat hacker and a black hat, black hat hacker in quite some time. So yeah. let's reset this conversation from the very beginning. Hacking is essentially making computers do things they're not supposed to do. That's fundamentally a, a fair statement, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, Hank, and help us understand the difference between the good guys and the bad guys. You know, the weird thing is you're not you're not far off. Um, the 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 term hacker was actually coined in an MIT train club in the '60s, and they would mod their trains and make them do things that they shouldn't be able to, like go faster than they should have, or whatever. Um, and you know now that's kind of transferred over into the stigma that we have with computer hackers. And um, but within that stigma, we have like different kind of like shades or I guess classes of hackers. And uh, you know on on one side of the spectrum, the bad side, you have the black hat hacker, and they're just in it for malicious intent, usually financial gain or personal information. And then you have on the other side of the spectrum, you have your white hat hacker and they're in it for, uh, you know, making sure that they fix things before the bad guy gets in or trying to help people in general. But you have like a little sweet spot in the middle. Like there's a whole whole other plethora of different like hats that people wear in the hacker scene. But to to keep it easy, I'll I'll keep it at the three the three types. But there's the little sweet spot in the middle, and that's the gray hat. <laughs> and he's kind of like your cowboy. He doesn't really have. He's not just trying to do bad things. He's also trying to do good things. But he doesn't have any kind of like. Uh, I guess, moral compass, if you really think about it, like, depending on who you're speaking to. Um, right, like, it yeah, could, so could, be, kind of have... could go this way, could go that way, it might help somebody out, could be better for everybody, but by the way, thanks for the free Spotify. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, there was an, uh, thank you for the clarity, there is, now, uh, Hank is one of the white hat hackers, so Hank works to break into places to find the vulnerabilities so they can be fixed. Um, and so that's like, hey, by the way, can you get into my car and see if my, you know what I mean? Like, it, they know, they know what Hank does is what I'm saying. Ironically, <laughs> in 2019, there was a story, um, Hacking Health St. John's, um, they had a health hackathon. Uh, some old articles uh, from on there, which is basically, you know, working to hack health. You hear people say, hack your diet. You get these things passed around. Um, turns out, Somebody actually went after the um, the healthcare system. How serious is this? How common is this? And uh, is this the tip of the iceberg, or are we just not finding out and it's happening all the time? 
Oh man, I, you know, I'll be that honest. I'm I'm kind of surprised that it's only just happening now. And um, you know, like like we were saying a little bit earlier, but after like we just had Cybersecurity Awareness Month, and now we're kind of going into what we call Hacked November because uh, you know everyone's picking up, and and all the online activity with hackers is picking up. But I think that you know health services employees, especially, and I speak I speak from experience, uh, should be a little more aware than you know, your, your average employee, because they're a huge target right now, not only because, you know, you think about the whole controversy behind vaccines and vaccine passports, but you also have, uh, you know, the, the need for the healthcare system. If that went down, that they would be the ones to pay a ransomware right away. If, if there was someone to pay one right away, um, and that's kind of what I think we, we saw happen today. So it could be one of those things, and I'm only speculating. Imagine somebody is anti-vax, right? Say they're in their dead set against anti-vax, and they look at a passport and they go, oh, yeah, you guys are going to use a scannable QR code. I'll show you how unsafe it is, right? They want to create that political discord or whatever or lack of confidence, it wouldn't be a surprise if there was some group out there that might be against, doesn't believe in COVID, doesn't believe in vaccinations, or whatever the perspective they might carry, is trying to go after some of these different systems to prove that everybody's not safe when they could be actually quite safe if everybody just stopped trying to kick in the door. So um, the, these sort of things, I think, are really the tip of the iceberg as far as I'm concerned. Here's the uh, first line of the story. Uh, this is quoted from the Toronto Sun, by the way. Suspected cyber attack on Newfoundland and Labrador's health network has led to the cancellation of thousands of medical appointments across the province and forced some local health systems to revert to paper. Do we do too much online, though, Hank? Uh, I, you know, I think that we're starting to rely on the Internet of Things a little bit more than we should, maybe. And uh, I hate to I hate to bring up Zuckerberg, but I think, you know, the whole metaverse thing is kind of a good I, I think that speaks well on how people are starting to value, uh, you know, digital assets and their digital presence more than they are their real life presence or, or real life assets. And uh, and with NFTs and cryptocurrency. But um, I think you're right about it being the tip of the iceberg because, you know, we look at a Calgary-based uh, application that was launched recently called Post. I think it was uh, it was Port Pass. The app was called Port Pass, and they were exposing everyone's information through the application. Like thousands of people's information was exposed through this app. Yeah, they and they had no idea to, to keep their records there, right? And they didn't even know that the database was like wide open. Yeah, and they tried to fix it once. Guy said it was fixed, and it still wasn't. So he, I, I think he last thing I saw was he said he was turning it off. But tip now, of the iceberg, man. This particular case, now, I'm not asking you to draw judgment on anybody in particular, like that app, for example, but is it somebody who is just not trained in that? Because, help me if I'm wrong here, I mean, you're not trained as a securities expert. Like, you don't necessarily how to know how to build the walls, right? Like, to build all the walls 
build the fortress of security, but you do know how to tear them down. Is it is it a situation of someone's just not qualified and they're in a job that they're just probably not qualified to do or the standards have changed, security's changed? Oh, absolutely. And I think like I think it also kind of goes to, you know, work being outsourced. A, a, a big like a big habit that, you know, software developers or software companies have and what I'm pretty sure happened in the case of this uh this postport um Port Pass uh, port app. Pass, port That's pass. always such a mind twister for me. But I think what happened in the case of this is outsourcing their programmer. And uh, so when you kind of look down the, the grapevine of of this development project, uh, he actually outsourced it to a developer in, in Pakistan. So, right. you know, and and if I were to go, if he outsourced this the, the development of this app to me, I wouldn't be aware of how to make it like totally like total code it completely bulletproof. I know how to break oh. it and how yeah. to tell you how to fix it, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be able, it, it's like brings it back to that cat and mouse game where yeah. <laughs> we're always like one step ahead and then there too. <laughs> well, yeah, it doesn't mean that just cause you know how to kick in a door. It doesn't mean you know how to build a lock. This particular exactly. story about the health system is uh, the brain of the network's data center operated by Bell has been damaged, including the backup systems. They believe it was a possible cyber attack first detected on Saturday. That is a big trend, though, right? Like you can go to many forums and say, hey, I'm looking for someone to do this. You put your request for quote out there and guys will quote that stuff. Um, Fiverr or Fiverr or whatever you want to call it. I don't know how you how you pronounce it. Everyone pronounces it differently is another example of a discount coding thing. There's no guarantee that you hire someone to build your your piece for a few hundred bucks and then all of a sudden, you know, they just keep it and do their own or you can't even tell if there's a hole in the back and they're just going to pinch all your info anyway. Dude, think of this. I got I got access to a thing recently called OpenAI Codex and like go go look at that on YouTube on on your free time if you get a chance, but it's OpenAI Codex. It's made by Elon Musk and uh you can so it's meant for you to be able to go on there and be like, make me a website that does this or that, and it, it can make you a website. But uh, I went on there and told it to make malware and started telling it what to make and how to make it, and it made malware and it worked, wow. and it even told me how to use. It. <laughs> um, I say it again, told so, you how to what? Oh, it told me how to use it and everything like and I can, you know, I, I know how to use it so I can tell you it wasn't like wrong. <laughs> and yeah. so it's scary that not only uh, I didn't have to pay for access to this. And uh, so we're starting to walk into a time where you don't need to know how to program and you don't really need a lot of funds and you can start developing your own malware. <laughs> wow. So. Now, I guess because it's AI, it would be safe to assume that because it goes, um, you've now taught it how to do that. It's going to store that, remember that, and apply it to other situations anyway. I mean, isn't that the glory of what AI is supposed to do is learn as it goes? I mean, that's dangerous yeah, it, to it, sort of send it down that path. It basically, I think the way this one works, it indexes um, GitHub using like other people's examples of code, but... Yeah, it learns while you're using it. So, like, people, like, it seemed pretty easy and pretty good at developing, 
you know, mal like basic malware. So it seems like people have definitely even already tried it a little bit. Wow. Um, how do we keep the healthcare safe then? I realize um, that's a big tall ask for the guy that's used to breaking down the door. But I mean, from a hacker perspective, how do you keep hackers out when you've got healthcare systems? Uh, you know, 5G was touted as this new technology that was going to allow robotics to be happen from a distance. And then, you know, you go get an x-ray and a blood test. That stuff gets shared digitally. You've got your provincial health logins, which become a bigger thing during the pandemic, of course, because everyone wants to know their health status. How do we uh, how do we deal with that in today's world and keep the hackers out, Hank? You know, I, I think one of the biggest things that puts people at an advantage is, and I, I know I probably sound like a broken record, but awareness and training. And like that probably sounds empty or like awareness and training. Uh, but there's lots of places now offering that and retrain Canada being one of them. But um, by awareness, I mean, like when you're when you're browsing through your email, you don't like you don't want to click on just anything, even when you're browsing text messages or answering phone calls like uh, have you received a phone call recently that said it's from CBSA border Border yeah, Patrol uh, or something? I get a couple of them. I, I even spoke to a business colleague today that's getting about eight a day at the moment. I'm not getting that many, but I have received them. Yeah, so that I'm pretty sure, like not only are they trying to eventually fish for some of your information, but in some cases they can make it so it's a pay per minute call or like a pay to call. So mm -hmm. they can, it, like if you're pressing a, a number or something before the phone call, you can actually be like, putting charges on yourself and but i guess like long story short one of the best things you can do is just you know change your password every 30 days 90 days whatever you can kind of make a habit out of and have a secure password at that and just make a habit out of not clicking links i i can almost guarantee that the way this breach happened was uh through an employee with uh, higher access than other employees getting fished by a bad actor. Yeah, an email coming in saying, hey, click this link to pay your power bill or whatever. Yeah, and I know That's that uh, it's not going to be the last um, Alberta or, you know, any kind of health services. It's not going to be the last health services employee that's being targeted by this kind of attack. Um. In your experience, do you find or do you at least observe or read about government systems like provincial systems versus down in the state's private healthcare systems? Is any one more vulnerable than the other where we're hearing this from, or is it pretty much just open market for targets? You know, I think in, in some ways it's open market for targets, but it also depends on like, you know, in, in cases like today with, with Newfoundland, uh, their, you know, their health provider or their, sorry, their, their service provider for like, in this case with Bell, um, you know, if a Bell employee were hacked and they had access to the data infrastructure, the data center for that health services, then they would have access to that. So it, you know, it, it's a really subjective question and there might be some in the States that are safer than ones in Canada and ones in Canada that are safer than ones in the States. But um, I think that the weakest link is their supply chain. Like who who supplies them their services and what are their lowest hanging fruits? Right. 
Yeah, so it could be IT supports remote login, something, something, yep. right? So yep. that's crazy. Absolutely. Okay, so how is it that Amazon Web Services, Shopify, GoDaddy, name any of the biggies when it comes to just general hosting, um, commerce hosting and those ones, how is it that they stay alive and they're not hammered down every day? You know, it. that's a good question because like sometimes when you're seeing an, an attack, it could be on infrastructure infrastructure that was hosted by amazon or or you know vulture or so whatever it is and uh but it's generally like up to whoever set that up to make sure that it's secure whoever audited the the infrastructure to make sure it's secure and uh you know we if we heard about a company that was using aws like amazon or something to host their their digital infrastructure and they got hacked uh you know we might not hear it from amazon directly saying like yeah one of our clients got hacked because it's not necessarily up to amazon to make sure that you're secure and that's kind of i've even seen that misconception in a corporate environment before which is like kind of terrifying because Mm -hmm. uh like a corporate environment you'd think they understand that it's not up to Amazon or, or WordPress, for example, to cover your security. But I, I quote, quote for quote from a meeting, heard uh, an executive say once that they thought that Amazon and WordPress had them covered for security. And while that's true in some parts, it's wow. it's not the case. No, yeah. Uh- well, that's why managed WordPress is such a good business because you've got to keep on it. My goodness. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's the answer. Um, I don't think it makes anybody feel any more safe though, Hank. Um, but we need to pay attention. <laughs> well, you know what? There's some online courses and stuff. Just don't click the free links from your email and go to a, a retrain or one of those other places like that where you can learn about it. And, um, and then maybe you can get a little training at home. And this would be really great for the, for the folks that have the older parents, like the grandparents or the great grandparents that are online. Go yep. learn it and get them in front of it. And if they're not they as savvy to follow it, um, at least get in front of it so you can help them out and teach them a little bit because that really matters. Hank the Hacker. What's the name of the new company now? Uh, Solve Cyber Solutions. And you know what? Even get get the young kids involved. We're we're looking at at making something happen for that as well. So I'll, I'll keep cool. you I'll keep you in the loop for that. Yeah, it's very valuable for everybody. Thanks so much for your time, Hank. Really generous. Thank you. This is the Shift Podcast. Shall we get started with uh, Skippy here? If you had a chance to go to shiftheads.ca and check out our Facebook group, uh, you would see that Handy Andy has already uh, put up his uh, his thing there. Although I would um, I would like to, I wish our screen would have stayed where it just was. I don't know if it froze the same way for you guys, but Andy just froze <laughs> hardcore there, and that was a mean mugging face. Uh, but Andy... <laughs> In any head. Uh, hey, buddy, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, Shane. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here on the shift. You were uh, skipping on our Facebook, I noticed earlier. Yeah, we talked about this last week. Um, you were asking me to post a video about me mm-hmm. skipping. So yep. I made an exclusive. This is posted nowhere else. You have wow. to go to the shift heads. Facebook group, shiftheads.ca. I already got I got the stats for you, Shane, if you were if you want to know. I want, the, I want the stats. Five, you're currently at five hundred and ten members. 
Nice. Uh, we've had 43 increase in this last week alone. So nice. I think I think we got to get more more of the shift heads out there to join it. So shiftheads.ca, that's where you go if you want to see this jump rope video. See, yeah. see, I got the marketing ploy. You do. If you want to see I'm going to get you pom poms. Is what I'm going to do. <laughs> but hey, and while you're there, make sure you follow the Handy Andy Facebook page as well. Um, but uh, if you want to see this jump rope video, and so we were talking about my Spotify playlist, so I decided to share that as well. So you'll find the link. And if you go to that link on my website, right underneath the Spotify playlist, you can see the before and after of me learning to jump rope. So I, at the exact same spot, one year later, I did the same song again, and I did a split screen. And you could actually see what that looks like between um, uh, how much you can learn in one year if you try to jump rope wow. every day and, and practice. Hi, Ma. I'm super curious to do it. I just... <laughs> I have to do it in like my back alley. So I was just like, cause I don't really have a backyard. I have a lane. So I get all shy about it. Now, have you assembled the playlist? Cause you said the music is the ticket. Yes. Yeah. So I got the playlist up there. If you go to my website, handyandymedia.com, you can get access to it. There's a lot of Rocky soundtrack in there. A lot of eighties um, and a lot of music that you would want to jump to the beat. So that's what I found that really helped because I don't know if you know this, Shane, but I was a musician all my life. I used to play in guitar in a, in a band, both guitar and bass guitar. So I'm really that. good at getting on the beat. And so yeah. what I did is that that part of my brain that's like the musical part, I incorporated the jump rope and, and became like a human metronome where oh, I'm skipping good. to the beat. And once I started, like once that area of my brain connected with my arms and my legs, it was like... It, like, I was off to the races. Like everything this was is, coming together. I was like, I just jump on the beat, you know. And uh, I like it. This is if, what I imagine if, that the, your song choice is. Before you continue your story, I imagine that this is what you're dancing to. This is um, now. If you don't know the song, that's okay. That's probably a good thing. LMFAO and. Um, This is Andy skipping. This is totally not me. I work out. Wait, we got we got to get the uh, little hook here. Just for the sake of going out. See, imagine this. this Think is of totally Andy. Not me, this is totally you. No shirt on, skipping. There it is, right? I'm sexy and I know it. No? You don't think so? I think it's totally you. No, I'm I'm, I'm jumping to like Rocky, like, you know, soundtrack, like training, 80s training montage music. And uh, that, that I, I'm a little older, Shade. I don't, I don't listen to that. That's like young, young, that's like Ryan music right there. Yeah. It's Ryan O'Donnell's pl playlist. Ryan was singing along. Love that song. Love it. Ironically, but it's great. <laughs> Ironically, love it. All right, cool. Well, go check out the video of Andy and the jump rope. Maybe it's something for you to sort of break that COVID-19 pounds hump uh, that we're all carrying. So what about fitness while traveling? I, um, I came back from Ottawa today, and uh, there was no working out. In fact, I had two packages of pretzels, so a couple of workouts might not be so, so terrible. Well, you know, Peloton is actually trying to get in on this whole travel business. And what they've done is partnered with Delta Airlines. 
And so while you're sitting in your seat on that, on the, the, the display that's right behind the, the seat there, they're going to start adding Peloton classes. So you can do like meditation and stretching while you're sitting in this Delta Airlines street. Now, I hope they actually have the instructional videos of the people sitting in an actual seat because there's no leg room. I don't know how you're going to be stretching inside an airplane or even meditating for that matter. But Peloton hasn't been making money. They're losing money, Shane. People that bought those Pelotons at the beginning of the pandemic, they're they're canceling their subscriptions. They're selling their bikes. They're they're not able to sell bikes. So they're trying to find different revenue streams. And this is one of the ways that they're doing it is by trying to get into the whole travel business. They even have a separate website now where you can look for hotels that have Peloton equipment. So they're trying to really position themselves as a lifestyle and wellness brand. They're even creating Peloton clothing line. So this company is looking for additional revenue streams because what they found out, and they've had a lot of issues with the recall of their treadmill when um, like kid, little kids were getting stuck in them. Um, So they've had some troubles. (laughs) It's never (laughs) good for the brand. Say it lightly. Yeah. So they've had some issues and they're really trying to position and take that, that whole culture, that Peloton culture. I, you know, I never really got into that chain. So I don't know. I, I'm interested to people out there if they really like it, like the brand. And if there's something that would stick that they could lose weight with, because as long as you lose weight and get fit, you know, people will stay with it. But I just haven't seen that because you know me, I just went and bought a rope and went in my jump, in my backyard and started jumping. But um, that's, that's going to be interesting to see if Peloton can can continue post-pandemic and what they're going to look like in the future. Well, I was given a great piece of advice um, from my counselor last week when we were talking about fitness. And she said, look, some of us in our jobs, we are at capacity, right, in our brains. Like our brains are at capacity. We're, we're kind of done at the end of the day. And there are certain things that we are passionate about and willing to push through, like maybe your your hobby of knitting or volunteering for the local sports team. But there are some things like going to the gym that we're just not willing to push through. And one of the tricks that uh, Patty had mentioned to me was she said, look, just get someone to tell you what to do. It takes the brain capacity out of it. And when you run into a wall of something like fitness or cleaning or whatever, just hire someone to tell you what to do. And then you don't have to think about it. You don't have to talk yourself into it. All you have to do is make an appointment. And at 3 o'clock, I'm going to hang out with Andy. Andy, the deal is you're going to tell me how to skip, how many times to skip. And when I stop, you're going to tell me to keep going because we're not there yet. And the impact that can have in our lives. And not everyone can afford a trainer. But if you take that approach, whether it's a friend or someone who can support you, maybe we just need someone to tell us what to do from time to time. Well, that's exactly how I learned to to start skipping. I went on YouTube and there was somebody that had an entire jump rope series. And it started with jumping without the rope and then just put your hands pretending you're jumping with the rope and then just try to jump one time over. And I just went through this program every single day, just, you know, taking baby steps. And what it does, Shane, it puts you in what's called a growth mindset where you're, you're just focused on that one little task, just getting better at that little thing. But when you accumulate it over time, and this happens with any kind of fitness, and if when you accumulate over time, that's when you see the results. So you almost got to enjoy the process, and and the the benefits will just come as a as a byproduct of that. But if you keep that growth mindset, and you use something like YouTube, there's so much free information out there for getting in shape, whether it's riding a bike, stretching, or or just doing body exercise, body weight exercises. It, 
everything's on there on YouTube. You just got to be careful because everyone tries to sell you like supplements or or other yeah. kind of things. So there's a lot of phony yeah. fitness influencers out there that you need to be wary of. So let me ask you this then, since we're on the topic of fitness, because we'll take a break here in a second, is um, the before and after pictures. Most of us don't do that. Have you found, because that gives you contrast, right? So have you found that one of the best things you did was take those before videos of skipping of when you were, you know, your timing was dreadful, um, you know, you looked like a noob, and, um, and you know, your body changed too a ton. So was the before and after photos and videos, was that helpful for you? Yeah, but the reason why I was making those videos in the first first place was to watch my technique. I would watch every time I would trip. And so I was taking it pretty seriously. I'm like looking at it in slow motion. But I had a collection of all these videos. And then the, a year later, I was like, oh, I'm just going to repeat the exact same thing and show the progression. And when you see that split screen, then it really shows just how much progress you can get. And it does really well on social too. People love to see that because it, it's inspiring when you're like, wow. If I just keep doing this for five, 10 minutes a day, you know, your body, once I started dreaming about it, Shane, that's when I knew the neurons in my, wow. in my brain were connecting and it was going to come together. And it did. Uh, good advice. And this is great for everybody because you're not a fitness trainer. Like you're not trying to sell anybody anything and you're just a guy who did it. So it's cool. We'll get back to uh, more with Handy Andy Barrar after I share this text message uh, from Derek. Well, Andy, for the first time tonight, I've seen you in a picture. I now dub the Sir Hella Handsome Handy Andy. There you go. <laughs> Compliment for you. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.